Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We'll read here in Colossians, the first chapter. We'll start in, in verse 9. It says, For this reason we also... Since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you uh, may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and longsuffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers. Aren't you glad you're qualified? Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. We partner with about three of you. Uh, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Aren't you glad you've been qualified? All right, that was a few more. Uh, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance uh, of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood for the forgiveness of sins. And so like I said, the scriptures, um, I was drawn to the scriptures. These are the ones that I personally go back to and, and look at and and, uh, and review frequently. And this here in the Amplified, I'll read this to you. It says, For this reason we also, from the day we heard it, have not ceased to pray and make special requests for you. So, you know, Paul was, um, uh, uh, Paul was a man that was in, had a lot of responsibility and a lot of people under his care, a lot of things he was busy doing. And have you know what, anytime Paul spent time doing something, it must have been important because he just didn't have tons of time laying around and, oh, let's see what I'll do today. I'll just do this. Paul was a very busy man. And so uh, this was something that, that uh, he said, from the day we heard it, we've not ceased to pray, make special requests for you. So this was something that was very much on Paul's heart. And it was an ongoing thing that, that Paul was looking into here. Made the special request for you, asking that you may be filled with the with the full, deep, and clear knowledge, knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom in comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. So right there, that, that gives us a little bit of insight. It's not just spiritual wisdom into the ways, but also the purposes of, of God. That, that goes back to what uh, the difference between Moses and the children of Israel. They knew his acts. He knew his ways, right? You would have insight into the ways and purposes of God and an understanding and discernment of spiritual things. How many know that you can have understanding and discernment of spiritual things? As a believer, you can have that. That ought to be a good word tonight. You can just, if that's all you get tonight, you can have spiritual discernment. Amen. I've said this before, but there are no spiritual superstars in the kingdom of God. We've all been given the same access to the same spirit of revelation. You've got the same one that I do, the pastor does, that anybody else does. It's just, do you want it or not, right? And it says here that, uh, uh, that, that you would uh, uh, have spiritual wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God and understanding and discernment of spiritual things. Verse 10, that you may walk, live, and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him and desiring to please him in all things. Notice it's fully pleasing to him, not to somebody else, but to him. That to him doesn't even mean to ourselves. That means to him, exactly what it said. Fully pleasing to him and desiring to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, and steadily growing and increasing in the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, and clear insight, acquaintance, 
in recognition. We pray that you may be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory to exercise every kind of endurance and patience, perseverance and forbearance with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is, in, which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people in the light. So we'll stop there in, in, that, in that verse there. But uh, these scriptures, like I said, this, this theme of, of walking fully pleasing of him is something that was, Paul was consumed with. And, you know, we, we think about all the things that Paul did. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And, and outside of, uh, you know, Jesus, I mean, he, he, in our everyday life, had such an impact. And the things that he shared and the revelation that he got and even the things that, that the Holy Spirit ministered to him, the things that God revealed to him by the Spirit. Even Paul said, these things sometimes are hard to understand. I mean, Peter said, these things are hard to understand. So Peter, walking with Jesus, didn't even get the stuff Paul was talking about half the time. And, and so this man just lived in a, in a, a deepness and a depth of revelation and, and, and uh, a walk with God that was just so unique. And, you know, we say these things and we, we don't want to just glorify a person. Like I said, it's not just something that's available to only Paul. It's available to all of us. But how did Paul walk in this thing? How did, how did he live like this? How, how did his life get to the place where it meant these things and had the effect that it did? He lived with a desire to walk fully pleasing to the Lord. He lived with a desire to fully please the Lord. He lived with a desire to do these things so much that it it persuaded him to even look beyond himself. It was so important to himself that he saw the need it was for those he was raising up underneath him. And so, like I said, this is uh, some scriptures that uh, oftentimes, you know, the Lord brings me back to as a reminder because these things ought to be uh, things that keep us steady and keep us on course and keep us on path. And how I many know there's a lot of detours, a lot of things uh, that are always presenting themselves, wanting to pull us to this way or that way. But our ultimate gain, our ultimate goal here should be to walk fully pleasing to the Lord. And if we're walking fully pleasing to the Lord, how many know that that's a good day for us, right? And so, uh, you know, when we, when we talk about these things, we look at these things, and, and one of the things that I like to talk about often, you know, that, that this life is coming to an end quickly, and we've got a reward seat waiting for us. I was recently reading a book by uh, Daniel Kalenda. He's taken over for Christ for the Nations, where uh, Reinhardt, 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 Reinhardt Bonke's ministry, so he's now taken that over, and he wrote this book on the judgment seat of Christ, and recently read that, and it just really stirred me up again. We've got things to be looking forward to. We've got things uh, uh, ahead of us that... that uh, uh, that are there to inspire us. Go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Second Corinthians chapter 5. It says in uh, the ninth verse, it says, therefore we also, or, or therefore we make it our aim, we make it our goal. This is Paul talking again. Whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Notice this was something Paul was consumed about. He said, we make it our aim, whether present or absent. He was saying, listen, whether you see what we're doing or not. I mean, sometimes we make it our aim to be well-pleasing to the Lord when other people are watching us, but when they can't see us, it's not so much our aim. Well, that was weak, but you know, that's the truth. A lot of people live that way. Well, Paul said, whether we're here or not, this is our aim. In case you wonder what we're doing when we're not with you, this is our aim. This is our goal. This is what we're doing to be not just pleasing, but well-pleasing to him. 
Paul said, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And so this is something that kept Paul steady, that kept Paul going, kept Paul moving along. How I many know we need to be aware of these things as well? Because we've got stuff to do, but we've also got a reward seat. We've got a, an appointment with our Savior that's coming very soon, right? And so Paul kept this in front of him to, to appear that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And so I think over to, uh, you're in 2 Corinthians, go to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. We were talking about some, talking to some folks about this the other night. They were asking questions about it. And, and uh, I love when people start thinking about, about what's next and, and, and how that affects their life here. It's, it's, a, it's a cool thing when that begins to happen. In 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, verse 9, it says, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay that is laid uh, uh, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day. What day? The, the judgment seat. When we appear before him, we'll declare it. And be, uh, we'll declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it was. And if anyone's work which he has built upon endures, he will receive a reward. And if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so uh, as through fire. And so he's talking here, just keeping them mindset, the fact that there's a judgment seat that's awaiting us, and there's an accounting of our, of our life and, and, and the things that we do. And how many know that what we do and how we live matters? Amen. How we do and, and what we do with our life and, and our aim and our goal in this life has eternal importance and value to what's next. It has internal value. It's not just a temporary thing. That's the thing Paul said, whether absent or present, this is what I do because there was an eternal reward waiting for him. How I many know our life now matters what we do? Amen. Your life matters what you do. Your life matters tonight, what you do. Your life matters tonight, how you listen. Your life matters, uh, uh, your future matters, how, what, how you hear what's being said. Your life matters, how you put it into practice and into action. These things matter for us. And this must be something we keep in front of us, something that we must uh, uh, keep before our sights and present in front of us at all times. So uh, it's important that we walk worthy of the Lord, being faithful to please him, well-pleasing him. So there's some few things I want to look at tonight. Go over back to Colossians uh, chapter one Colossians the first chapter I should have had you hold your place but I didn't uh, so you can turn there Colossians chapter one uh, we're going to talk about a few things and, and and this is important these are some things you know that are just good uh, guidelines for our life and things that we do it says here in the 10th verse it says that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. But notice it starts off with saying being fruitful in every good work. I want to encourage you to find your place. Thank you. Are y'all out there? Three people said so that's good. You ought to find your place. I know it's a holiday weekend, but it's okay to say amen. You ought to find your place. You know, there's a place for you that God has designed specifically for you. And it's important that you find it and be busy about your father's business. How many know this stuff matters to the Lord? Absolutely, it matters to the Lord. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Y'all got to help me tonight now. I don't want to be talking to myself, so y'all, y'all, y'all perk up for me. I'll take that by faith. Amen. Perk up for me. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body as he pleased. And you've got a place. You've got something to do. And God has set each person in the body of Christ as he pleased. How many know that finding what that place is and being busy doing what God's called you to do is of the utmost important. And it's important that you're not doing somebody else's job, but you're doing your job. You know, part of the reason why uh, uh, people aren't able to do everything God's called them to do is because they're busy doing other people's work, sometimes out of necessity, because the sheer fact that people who are called to do other things just aren't doing it. Amen. How many know in a church like this, there's a lot of things that have to be done? And, and, and it requires all of us to do the job. There's gifts and things that he's placed in our life that each of us have been called to do and graced by God to do. And, it, and because of that, they're needed for the work to get done. And so it's important as individuals that we're able to find what God has called us to do, but it's also important that we not be a stumbling block to somebody else for not doing what they're called to do. Find your place and do it. Find your place and fulfill it. Let's not live a life where we're looking at somebody else and wishing we were them. Let's be satisfied with who God made us to be and do what he's called us to do. Amen. Because we're busy doing what he's asked us to do. He will move us into things that that he has for us in the future, but not until we do what we're supposed to be doing right now. It's not going to happen. You know, as a church, this ought to be something, a culture we have where we are pushing one another to step up and be all that God has called us to be, to be the men and women God has designed us and called us to be, not just for this life and for the success of the church, but for our well-being for tomorrow. Let's be busy being fruitful in the thing God has called us to do. Listen, you're not going to find what that is outside of God's word and time in the presence of God. You're not going to find it anywhere else. What has he called you to do? What has he called you to do? Listen, you're gifted and graced by God to be busy doing something for the kingdom of God, doing something for the kingdom of God, doing something for the kingdom of God. You are called and graced by God to do it. The idea that you can't do it or you don't have a place or don't have value or whatever kind of other crazy thought may pop in our head, it is not true. You are graced by God to do it. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Listen, it, you know, I, oftentimes, almost every time I talk about self-evaluation, how are, have you progressed recently? Has your, walk, has your, has your uh, involvement in the kingdom of God produced anything recently? Has it been producing anything of substance? Has it produced anything of substance in, in the lives of others, in the life of your local church, in the, in the, in the things that he's graced you? Has it produced anything you know, there is a danger in being busy and just going through the motion of doing what you do where you're actually doing it and the, and the goal is the doing and not the producing. You can get busy doing something and not even be aware that you're no longer producing because you've, you've gotten to the place where you're doing stuff in and of your own ability and outside of the grace that's on your life to do it and begin to just do it on your own. And you can be doing the right things and yet not have any rewards stored up for you or having an effect for the kingdom of God remaining fruitful is, is, an, is a daily ongoing thing. It's an, it's an evaluation of every day is today being fruitful. And what, and what I'm involved in, am I being fruitful? Amen. Am I being fruitful? I, was I fruitful and am I still being fruitful? 
Paul lived this way. He, he walked this way, making sure that his fruit was, it wasn't just there, but it was abounding, it was growing. He was tending these things and watching over these things. Why? Because he was wanting to continue to walk pleasing to the Lord. That, that, that phrase, walk worthy of the Lord, wasn't walked, it was walk. It was an ongoing process of walking. Amen. And so, you know, as we continue to, to mature in life, Let's make sure that our fruit, we're continuing to be fruitful and not rest on the fruit we had and count up our, our, as notches on our belt. Make sure we're continuing to be fruitful. Amen. It's important we, we maintain this. Praise God. Go over to uh, Ephesians, the second chapter. Ephesians chapter two. Awesome verses here, obviously, great and a great book, uh, great chapters here. But in verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God himself prepared beforehand for the very express reason that we should walk in them. God expects us to produce. I said, God expects us to produce and he is still expecting you to produce. Can I, can I be honest with you? There'll be no excuses in the day of judgment. Well, I produced, he's going to want to know, did you produce not only day one, did you produce on day, on the final day? Were you producing on all the days in between? What was your production rate throughout? Amen. It's one thing to be a good starter. It's just as important to be a good finisher. It's just as important to start well as it is to end well. And every step is a step, every day of our life is a day we need to make sure we're remaining fruitful for the kingdom of God, remaining fruitful for the kingdom of God. I believe if we live like this, it'll change our, 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 the, how we approach our everyday life, right? That yeah, we're producing things, but are we producing, are we producing fruit for the kingdom of God? This is how we are walking fully pleasing to the Lord. If we're not producing I have, a, I have a, a sneaky suspicion that God is not fully pleased with us when we're not producing. Are you producing? Are you producing for the kingdom of God? Are you produ actively producing for the kingdom of God? This is an answer that you've got you've to ask yourself, but also got to be reasonable and, and, and give yourself a real answer. Are you producing? Is what you're doing now, is it actually producing something? Or are you going through the motions? It's an important thing. It's, it's one of those deals that we look at ourselves and make sure that we are on track and moving forward and, and, and continuing to, uh, to move forward. Amen. So being fruitful for the kingdom of God, continually moving forward, such an important thing. You know, anybody who makes an investment wants to see progress and development of that investment. Anybody who makes an investment of substance. Now, if you invest something you don't care about, then you don't care about, you don't care whether it produces or not. Have you ever invested something and you really didn't care? It was so minor to you that it really wasn't significant. And so you just kind of did it and you checked on it every now and then, right? I mean, I've got some stuff like that, some investments we've made. And, and I, you know, it was just kind of offhand. Let's just try this out. I didn't, it wasn't, really wasn't that big of a deal because it didn't cost me anything. But when it's something that really costs you, you, want, you, you are very much aware of what it's doing. And I think sometimes we forget just how aware it, he is of the investment he made in our lives and, and the product of, our, of that investment. You know, for years, our kids have done martial arts. You know, Jack started in the first grade. He's now in the, in the ninth grade or just finishing the ninth grade. And, and Nate's been doing it for many years. And now Mia's been doing it for, 
I don't know, it seems like forever. I mean, I feel like a bad parent. It's been going on so long. All these parents show up, watch their kids do martial arts. I almost never show up. Dad will call me. Are the kids at, are at Choi tonight? Yeah, he goes and watches them. I don't even show up. I mean, I feel bad, you know, uh, just because it's been going on so long that I just, I don't want to see another class at Choi, right? But, but I am very much aware Okay, where, where are you at on your progress? I mean, are, are you ready to test when the next test comes around? Have you taken the things you learned from the last test and are you still producing? Why? Because it's costing us. And so we're making that investment. I want to see production in their life. I want to know that after all of these years, if some punk messes with you, that you don't get your butt whipped, right? I want to know, can you handle yourself? But don't you do it against dad. I mean, I want to know, right? Don't you use no kung fu on me, but... Uh, it's one of the bad things you've, with your kids. I mean, Jack's over there whispering. He's gotten so fast now. I try to do stuff. He just, without even thinking, it's really frustrating. I have to remind him, I am still your father. You better cut that trash out. But, so I know his progress is good, you know, but, but sometimes, you know, we, I, wanna, I stay on top. Are you progressing? Why? Because we're making an ongoing investment. Well, there has been no greater investment than the investment that the father gave, and that was his own son. We lose sight of how, how big these things are. He did it for a purpose. It was to produce something. It wasn't just say, look what I did. Isn't my boy great? Didn't he do something great? Let's all give him a pat on the back. It was to produce something. Are you producing? Are you producing? And is your production relevant? Is it, is it, is it impactful? Is it, is it something of substance? Is it something of substance? Is your production worth the Lord taking notice? Not everything that we, we understand we, the things we do, we don't do them so people can see it. And we don't do it to judge it by men's standards. That's not the point. But is it, is it of substance for the kingdom of God what you're doing? Is it of substance what you're doing? If you wait for things to be easy, to be productive, it'll never happen. If you're waiting for things to be simple and convenient, it'll never happen. Your production will never happen. Listen, it's not convenient to take my kids to, to, to get them to class every week, two times a week or whatever it is we're doing. It's not convenient to get them there, to pick them. It's not convenient to do the things that are necessary. It's never convenient. But it's necessary if we want to see something done. And so if we're waiting for things to get easy or the, 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 be, the, the perfect circumstance, uh, to, to the perfect conditions to be in place so we can actually get involved and, 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 and put the things God has placed in us, those gifts and grace he's placed in us, if we're waiting for the perfect situation to happen, it'll never happen. I said it'll never happen. The kingdom of God is something that suffers loss. The violent take it by force. It doesn't mean they, they wait for things to just fall in their lap. They go after something and they, they go after it. They do it. They seize those things. I want to encourage you. Listen, don't be looking for the perfect situation. If things aren't perfect, that's a great time to use your faith to believe God that those circumstances will change. But you walk by faith. You start moving even though it's not perfect. You start doing what the Lord's called you to do. Start developing those things. Start putting action to those things. Be busy about the Father's business. Thank God for the things we've done. I'm grateful for the things that I accomplished earlier in life, but I'm not done. You're not done. We're not done. As a church, we're not done. Do you realize that? We're not finished. We can never just come and sit back and relax on what we've done. What are we doing? It's a continual walk with the Lord. Amen. It's a continual walk with the Lord. Be busy about the Father's business. 
It's one thing about Jesus. When, they, when people approach him, he said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm busy, currently busy about my father's business. He had things to do and a short time to do. What is that? The, uh, smoking the bandit, right? Long way to go and a short time to get there. We had to look at our life as a long way to go and a short time. The young, younger folks have no idea what I'm talking about. It was a, and I barely do. It was a rerun when I was a kid, right? So uh, we have a long way to go and a short time to get there. Listen, you got a lot to do and a short time to do it. You have a lot to do and a short time to do it. I feel like I ought to stay on this. You got a lot to do and a short time to do it. You have a lot to do in a short time to accomplish it. Be busy about the Father's business. Be busy taking those things that, are, that the Lord has entrusted you with and do something about it. We look at the, you know, the, uh, uh, when Jesus told the story of, the, of, the, of the, the, the ruler who gave the talents out. He gave, you know, 10 to this one, five to this one, and one to this one. He was not pleased with the one. He said, well, it's just one. What's the big deal? My gift isn't what their gift was. It wasn't as significant as what was given to them. You know, he didn't give them a pass because it wasn't as significant. The original investment didn't seem to be as significant. He didn't get a pass for it. I said he didn't get a pass for it. The fact is the talent that he got was the most important thing he had in his life. It was more important than the five or the 10 rather that the other one got. What he got was more important because it was what was given to him. It's what he possessed. And he didn't get a pass over these things. I don't want any of us to get to the other side. And yes, we're there. Thank God we're there. But we suffer loss because our works, the things we did or didn't do, we suffer loss because of disobedience to what he gave us. Or, or the other side is we did it with the wrong heart, the wrong attitude, the wrong purpose. That's the other side of it. Make sure our heart stays right in these things. Right? We're not doing it so others see it. We're doing it to please the Lord. We're walking fully. Our aim is to fully please him. It's such an important thing. It's so very important that we continue to grow and produce fruit and to, and to multiply in these areas. And so, obviously, you know, it's something that, that is very important. And that's the service side. How I many know that's not the only side of our walk with God is the service side? It's not the only side of our Christian life is our service. And there's a personal side to it as well. And in, in, um, uh, go, to, go to Galatians, the fifth chapter. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians, the fifth chapter, and, and uh, these verses here, you know, they, they um, these are things the Lord wants to see in our life and things he doesn't want to see in our life. We'll start in verse 16. I say, then walk in the spirit and you know, you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. How many know that we can walk free of this stuff? If we walk in the spirit, it's possible to live free of this stuff. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish, that your flesh wishes. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, let's just take a stop, a break here for just a second. These things he just listened. Do you, do you realize who he was talking to in these verses? Yeah. 
You know who he was talking to? He was talking to us, believers. He didn't write these verses to unbelievers and then the, the ones below that to believers. Now, you worldly people, don't you be doing this. And you godly people, this is what you should be doing. He was writing to believers the whole time. Do we believe what God's word says? Do you believe what God's word says? How many know that in our, our personal life, what we do matters? <laughs> it does matter. He lists all of these things. You know, we, we know that, uh, uh, you know, works of flesh are evident, adultery, forni uh, or, or uh, fornication, uncleanness, alluded, all the things that he read, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, uh, of which I tell you beforehand that just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things, notice the what? Not inherit the kingdom of God. They'll not inherit the kingdom of God. How many know it's important what we practice? <laughs> I mean, if we're practicing the wrong thing, our very future is at stake when we practice the wrong things. Well, God's full of grace. He is full of grace, but let's not practice stuff we ought not be practicing. One of those things is idolatry on verse number 20. You know, idolatry is not, doesn't just mean worshiping some golden image somewhere. It means pref preferring something above God himself. How many know that when we're not busy on the service side, we talked about before as an example, busy doing the father's business and being busy uh, 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 doing things because it's not convenient or not whatever it is. How many know that's a form of idolatry? We're, we're holding up our opinion of the situation and above the circumstances above his. Do you realize that is a form of idolatry? We're worshiping our own opinions more than we worship his word. That's good news. How I many it's good that we know this stuff now versus we find out later? I, I'm, I, I shudder to think that there may be some that would appear before the, when, when this is all said and done, they think they're good and they're not. I mean, forget the reward, reward seat. They don't even get there because they thought they were good, but they didn't live a life. Their practice of their life was something different than what it should have been. Well, that's not possible, Pastor Greg. Well, does it say this, talking to believers, those who practice those things will not inherit the kingdom of God? Is that what it says or is that not what it says? Well, that's not, that goes contrary to the grace I've heard, the message I've heard. Well, you might have heard the wrong message. Now, the grace of God is wonderful and I don't want to ever get in the business of determining when grace has run out, when it hasn't. But how many know we ought to be aware of our own life, make sure we don't put ourselves in a position where we're depending upon the grace of God in that fine line somewhere? Amen. This stuff is true, whether you like it or not, it's the truth, right? Envies, murders, drunkenness. How many know hatred is like murder? If you hate someone, you, you've committed murder in your heart. <laughs> I mean, we need to watch these things. But he goes on to say, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. You know, the things we read before, you might say, yeah, but I'm doing most of them. And I got a few little pet deals I'm, uh, I'm dealing with. And God understands my humanity. Yeah, he understands your humanity. He sent the Holy Spirit to help you. But don't let that excuse rob you of what belongs to you. Don't lose of what you have because you're holding on. You're, you're, that's, a, that's a side of the whole grace message that's, that's just not accurate. Amen. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Ouch. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Notice who, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be, become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. How many know it matters what we do? It's that it matters what we do. You know, in our own personal walk, the fruit of the Spirit ought to be growing in our life. Now, I don't know, when I read these, some of these, they hurt a little bit. They're not growing as much as they should. Right? How many know we can all grow in love? <laughs> we can all grow in love, can't we? We can all grow in joy, can't we? We can all grow in peace, can't we? You know, it means we ought to take control over our minds, not let them go crazy, right? I mean, we can grow in these things. How many know we can grow in long suffering? I mean, a long suffering involves suffering, <laughs> right? Long suffering means suffering long, right? I mean, that's an extended amount of suffering. How many know we ought to be growing in our ability to, to, to live a, a life of long suffering? Amen. Well, I put up with so-and-so for so long. Well, guess what? You get to put up with them longer. That's long-suffering, right? I put up with them long enough. Well, has God put up with you long enough? Well, there you go. They're, they're, when, he, when he's put up with you long enough, then you, you know you put up with somebody else long enough. How about that? Praise God. We don't, we don't ever want to get to that place, do we? We can all grow in long-suffering. What about in kindness? Can we grow in kindness? Yeah, can you grow in kindness? Absolutely, I can grow in kindness. How about goodness? faithfulness, Ooh, faithfulness. Can we grow on that? Gentleness. Can we grow in the area of gentleness? Self-control. Oh my, we don't even need to ask that. We, oh, dear Jesus, we can all grow in these things. I mean, uh, how many, how many of you gotten up this last week and thought, you know what? I'm going to grow in the fruit of the spirit this week. I'm going to make it my aim to grow in the fruit. I'm going I'm to long suffer some more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to grow. I'm going to be more self-controlled this week. <laughs> Veronica said, nope. All right. Got one honest sister over here, right? Listen, really, that, that's something we ought to be doing. And I'm saying to myself, we ought to be doing these things. We're talking about walking fully pleasing to the Lord. Listen, the minute we're not long-suffering, the minute we're not... Uh, 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 you know, being gentle or using self-control or, or walking in love, joy, peace, all these other things, the minute we do it, it do, it's not just a temporary thing that's going on. It's, there's not just temporary loss that's happening. There's eternal loss that's happening when we do that. We're, we're missing out on what could be when we don't do these things. You know, obviously, you know, the gospel is not about do's and don'ts, but how many know there are some do's and don'ts? It is primarily about what he has done for us. But how many know there is still some things we have to do on our side? Why? To walk fully pleasing, to, to walk worthy of the Lord, right? To walk worthy of that. You know, when two people get married, I mean, there are things they have to do to walk worthy of one another. You can't just live any old way you want to when you're in union. You can't just do whatever you want. You have to walk worthy of each other. Mark and Kat, you have to walk worthy of each other, right? You're going to have to you're gonna look at them. Point your finger. We have to walk worthy of each other. Say each other's name right. You have to do all that, right? <laughs> you know, our, our, our walk with the Lord ought to be a walk of love with him, right? And we ought not have any other lovers attached to it. Yeah? 
You know, the reason why sometimes that these things are not that important to us because we have affection for other things. We're actually cheating on Jesus if we want to be honest about it. Well, it's all right. It's a little deal. And actually, no, you're, you're, you're cheating on the Lord is what you're doing. <laughs> it's, it's not a real pleasant way to look at it. How do you know that's true, though? When we're not doing the things he's asked us to do, whether it be in service or in our personal life, how do you know we're, we're actually not walking? We're actually we're walking outside of that relationship. We're in gray areas. Hmm. It's so important. It's so important what we do. We're going to be bearing fruit in these areas. It is a full-time job that we bear fruit for the kingdom of God. It's a full-time job. I've gone 36 minutes. It's a full-time job that we bear fruit for the kingdom of God. You know, like Paul, I beg you, be busy about these things. I'm begging you, be busy about these things. You know, one of the biggest problems we've got, we give excuses for stuff. Well, I got, I'm so busy. I have all these things going on. Well, who put them there? Did God put them there or did we place them there? Right? How I many you know that being, there are things we have to do. I get that. There are things we have to do. There are things we have to do. I get it. But none of those things are more important than the things he's asked us to do. When we stand before him, an excuse of busyness, an, an, an inavailable schedule to do the service side or the personal side won't stand. It just won't stand. I, I'm, I'm begging you. I'm asking you. Not even for my benefit, but for our benefit as a church. Yes, it's, it's good for one another. But for your own personal benefit, your own, your own future, your own eternal future. You know, as eternity is a long time. What's I'm saying? Oh, this is taking forever. This service is taking forever. No, it's not. <laughs> Pastor Greg's message is taking forever. No, it's not. Pastor's services, sermons more took forever. It might have almost, but it wasn't quite. I'm just kidding. So we can think things are taking, it's taking forever for Christmas to get here. No, it's not. It's not really, it's not. You know, people say, say when you're younger, you know, you, you know, you got to, time sure does fly. The older you get, things just, the clock just, just goes. It just ticks. And when you're younger, you think, oh, that's just what old people say. You know, maybe I'm one of those people now because it surely does. Right? I mean, you know, you got the greens here. Jonathan's graduating high school this year. That little short, tiny guy all those years ago is now this giant, gangly giant who's about to leave home. Time flies. Time moves on. How many know that it was an eternity? It might have seemed like a long time. Might have seemed like, it might have been painful. They're like, yeah, it was painful at times. It seemed like forever. It may seem like it took forever, taking a long time, but it's not eternity. It really is a short deal. But what we're about to step into is, is, it, is it is a forever deal. It literally is forever. Will there be second chances later to redo some stuff? The scripture gives us no indication there will be. It doesn't say there's a second go at the judgment seat of Christ after a billion years. We get a second round of it to see if you've been good for the last billion. It doesn't say that. To be honest with you, I hope there is. There's some stuff I want to redo. 
Abels, can you agree with me? There's some stuff I'd like to redo. Just us, me, and the Clydes. There's some stuff that I want to redo, right? There's some things that just me, I mean, we're in, we're in, the, we're in a good company. You and I, but you know, sadly enough, we don't get to redo it. You don't get to redo this. <laughs> well, this is kind of a bummer, PG. Well, the good news is you still got some time on the clock. Run well. Walk pleasing, fully pleasing. Do something. Yeah, but don't matter. Just do it. Nike had it right. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Swallow your pride. Just do it. Make things right that you messed up. Just do it. Make the changes you have to make. Just do it. Make the priority adjustments you have to make. Just do it. Care less what other people think. Just do it. Care more what he thinks. Just do it. Care less what you think. Just do it. Yeah. There's a church that, uh, in, in South America, and I don't remember the, all of the details, but it was a relatively young, uh, a young uh, a church, and this minister was talking when he was called there to, to, um, to minister to this group, to a, 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 a minister's conference. And like I said, I'm forgetting all the, all the numbers and all the details, but they had been in existence for a very short amount of time. And this one church had started, and they had spawned tons of churches in this South American country. Tons of churches all over had been, had been started. And he, when he went in to speak, he was speaking to their, their pastors of their churches, their key leadership in these churches. And it was some crazy number of people were there in all these churches that, that, were, uh, uh, that had been birthed out of this ministry. And so they were asking, you know, he began to ask him, you know, man, this success is, I, I thought this was your whole group. I didn't realize this was just your leaders I came to talk to. I thought this was your group. And so, no, this is just our leaders and this is our attendance in our churches. And I mean, you know, it's not all about numbers, but anything that's alive should be growing, right? I mean, those things are important. You ought to be growing in your life, right? And so this is our attendance. This is what we're doing. And, and he said, well, how did you get to this? What kind of church growth did you have? What kind of plan did you instill? You know, what did you do? He said, we just taught our people to live with eternity in mind. This idea of forever. Live your life today with the idea of forever. Live your life tomorrow with the idea of forever. How many know that today is a part of forever? Tomorrow is a part of forever. And it plays into the forever you're going to walk into, what you do with the forever you're in right now. Right? He said, we just trained our people. We just, we just instilled in them the, the, this idea of living with eternity and forever in mind. And it changed how they lived their life. It changed what they did. It changed how they walked. It changed the kind of fruit they were bearing. Every conversation matters. Every introduction matters. Every exit matters, right? Every spare moment, every word matters. Every word matters. Yeah, that's the truth. I said, it's the truth. Walking fully pleasing to the Lord. I just want to encourage you be busy, be fruitful. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. And even this, what fruit you're bearing now, can it grow? Can you bear more fruit? Can that fruit extend? Can it grow larger? Can your ability to bear fruit and to, to, 
to produce more. Can it grow? Yes, it can. You're partnered with Jesus. You're partnered with the Holy Spirit. It can grow. Your effectiveness can grow. Right? Well, praise God. It's all true and it's all good. We'll stop with that tonight. It's 45 minutes. Who knows? Anyway, praise the Lord. Steve's giving me this tank eye up here. So, no, he's not. Let's be busy doing what God's called us to do. Let's be busy doing what God's called us to do. And not think that what we've got is, is something less than, right? It's huge. It's important. Other people need what we have. Other people need what you have, what I have. They need it. Amen? Not everybody will appreciate it. Not everybody will value it. But I mean, no, not everybody valued what, Jesus, or, or valued what Jesus had either. A lot of people didn't value it at all. But it still didn't stop him from giving it. Still didn't stop him from doing what he was called to do. Right? Because he knew somebody would value it. But more importantly, he knew his father would value it. I came to please him. To do what he told me to do. To say what he told me to say. And he heard those words. This is my beloved son and who I am well pleased. Well pleased. He started his ministry with a well pleased and he ended it with a well pleased. Well, how do you know? Well, he was invited to sit down at the right hand of God. I mean, that, that, that's a place of being well pleased, right? We can do the same thing. He said, we can do the same thing. You can do the same thing. You can live a life fully pleasing to the Lord. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.